from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. No, we cannot pick that dog. No, we There's no N in it. There's no N. Where's the, uh, we have nothing to do with sandwiches. Where do you stand on the Phil Collins Genesis ladder? I stand on, 
I understand why people like it. I liked it at a time in my life, but those songs are very worn out to me. It's hard for me to really, you know, get excited to hear any of them. Are there, um, are there any songs you like? Well, what what about early what Genesis? I, what about Peter you're, you're, Gabriel this is, Genesis? This is probably what it is. I, I could probably sum this up a little better. Like, I probably had some greatest hits albums, and I, I know I had a Phil Collins live album that I enjoyed, but I probably didn't go deep track enough. And if I did have the time to go revisit, I'll probably like start listening to like some Stones albums that I haven't gotten to yet. The whole thing, like before I ever get to Genesis, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what. For, here's a couple things to keep in mind: early Genesis, Peter Gabriel Genesis. One of the most underrated rock bands ever. Like, go listen to early Peter Gabriel Genesis is awesome. And it's a big influence on Fish. Huge influence on Fish. A very psychedelic rock, Doors-ish kind of feel to a lot of the stuff. Um, so the early Genesis was Peter Gabriel. Were, were him and Phil Collins not in the same band? Weren't they together at, at, a, at a point? Well, at some point, Phil, who's the drummer, took over vocals. That was the switch in Genesis when Peter Go- Gabriel went solo. So I don't know if they were in it together or not. I really have no idea. I have to look at the history a little bit more. But there's some songs that I like. There's some songs that are super, super catchy. The intro is Genesis, by the way. Uh, it was a song called That's All, which uh, I don't know what age I finally realized that's what the name of the song was. But I, the way Phil Collins speaks, you could barely understand what he's saying. So I thought the name of the song was always That Song. Because it sounds like he's saying that song, but he's really saying that's all. It sounds sort of the same. So, so yeah, it's really confusing for me because I was never like a huge fan of any of them. So it's like I can't tell what is the Peter Gabriel time with them. What's the Phil Collins time? Phil Collins on his own, Peter Gabriel on his own. Like it, it all kind of runs together for me. I don't have a. So you, there's no, there's no uh, there's no favorite yeah, like, Genesis. Like I, know, I know Peter Gabriel did in your eyes, right? Yes, that, that I know. But but once once you get past that, it becomes like like there's a, there's like that song in the air tonight. Is that Phil Collins on his own or is that Genesis? I, yes, I have no correct. Idea. So here you go. So ready? So keyboardist Tony Banks. By the way, they formed in 1967. So this is not a young band. Uh, to- Tony Banks, Mike no, Rutherford. He's not a young man, nor is Phil Collins a particularly pleasant man. Like he did not age well. I've heard that, and and I think he actually was the reason why our friend Brendan got into a massive car accident one night because he no showed to a concert benefit. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody in show business is talking about like, yeah, gosh, we got to get together with Phil Collins. Right. <laughs> so anyway, Tony Banks, <laughs> Mike Rutherford, and Phil Collins. All right. Uh, other members were the original lead singer Peter Gabriel and guitarist Anthony Phillips and Steve Hackett. The band moved from folk music to progressive rock in the '70s, and then moving towards pop by the end of the decade. They sold 21 million copies of their albums in the United States. Worldwide sales of 100 to 150 million. Certainly very successful from from a commercial standpoint. But that's the so Phil Collins has always been a member. But the early stuff was Phil Collins on drums and Peter Gabriel singing. Okay. Uh, favorite Genesis thing ever was Land of Confusion, which I thought was not only a great song, but also one of the best music videos ever. So that was... That that's... I can agree with. That, that I can agree with. I, I, I always love that uh, video. 
Although, do you feel like that video got too much credit? Like, I remember as a kid watching, they would count down, like, maybe annually the best videos of all time. And it was just video, very unique, and it was political. Be like number two yeah. or number three, and I was like, I mean, it's a great video, but I, I thought it was a little too much credit. Well, I loved this TV show called The DC Follies, which that video is based off of, and that was a big, in DC, you got to watch that late night. It was after Saturday Night Live, so I, I used to live for that when I would go see my mom uh, and get to watch DC Follies late at night. But it was those puppets, those types of puppets doing basically yeah, like know, political I, I, humor. That could have been a trivia question. You would have hammered me on it uh, to get off. I, I had no idea that that was based on anything. And DC Follies, is that what you call yep, it? Yep, correct. I don't believe I've ever even heard of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a brilliant show. Basically, um, it was political satire with those puppets. So like that Reagan puppet and, and whatever else. And it was basically... Uh, Saturday Night Live with dark political puppet humor. <laughs> huh. I, I, I can't imagine. I, what age was this when you were watching this that you were? Uh, let's see. Uh, ten. Uh, and you got political humor at ten? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I would even have gotten. This I got. Uh, this was funny stuff. And, and like, legendary. Was funny? What's that? Did you think MASH was funny? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not sure I do now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, I could not stand MASH. No, I didn't like MASH. Uh, but, like, I watched every sitcom, and there was a lot that I thought was funny. And I watched Carson almost every single night. Uh, and then Letterman uh, after him. So, like, I, you know, in Saturday Night Live, I was religious about it. I watched it every week. So, yeah, no, Saturday Night Live, I, I remember liking when I was 10. Yeah, I just sent you some DC Follies links. Like Betty White, Mike Tyson, those were all guest stars on DC Follies. It was a big show. Uh, and it, But it only ran three years, 87 to 89. Okay. There you go. And it was presented by Fred Willard. He was the host. Really? Wow. What a crew. Yeah. What a crew. Yep. Phil Collins... Fred Willard. Wait, you ready? So here, this is, this is the best. This is bringing back the nostalgia. This is the list of frequently appearing puppet characters. You're going to love this. You ready? Woody Allen, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker, Cher, Sam Donaldson, Robert Dole, Michael Dukakis, Whoopi Goldberg, Catherine Hepburn, Jesse Jackson, Michael Jackson, Don King, Henry Kissinger, Ted Koppel, Madonna, Sean Penn, those were the best. They used to fight each other. The puppets used to fight each other every every episode. Uh, Edwin Meese, Oliver North, Tip O'Neill, Dolly Parton, John Poindexter, Dan Rather, Geraldo Rivera, Pat Robertson, Sylvester Stallone, Oprah Winfrey, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and Queen Elizabeth II, Prince Charles and Princess Di, Miguel Gorbachev, Pope John Paul II, and the Ayatollah Khomeini. Those were the characters of the show. Okay. Doesn't get better than that, that. That really brings that whole music video uh, back to... Because wasn't it the presidents that they had in that Yeah, Genesis they had Reagan video? and Nancy yeah. and and then basically like Gorbachev and it was like a whole like nuclear Holocaust scene. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's, uh, let's move into this actual episode since that was not a question at all and all we did was just talk about something not related to anything for... 10 minutes, but that's the beauty of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Episode 177, qualifying it this time around. Um, I think this is kind of a fun one. Just use your imagination. If you know, I don't expect you to know this. Nobody knows this, but this is like one, one of these good group conversation, easy to think it out questions, okay? 
In the country of Chile, you know that country, an Italian hot dog consists of a regular hot dog topped with what three condiments? All right, well, I mean, is cheese acceptable? No. Meaning cheese is not one of the answers? Cheese is not one of the answers. Is it an acceptable answer? Sure. You could you could put bricks if you want. Like, I didn't it? know if you wanted a specific cheese. Or, nope. All right, so if I am in Chile and I order an Italian hot dog, is this going to have anything to do with Italy? Yes. Okay. Because I was going right for, like, a pizza hot dog. Like, I'm thinking red sauce. You're kind of you're, you're kind of there, but, like, it's three like condiments. Tomato is one of them. Okay. Or ketchup, you know. You could take either of those. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, are, are seasonings considered no. topping? So it's not like oregano or, no. or anything like that? All right, an Italian hot dog. I could give you the clue if you want the clue. Yeah, give me the clue. In the country of Chile, an Italian hot dog consists of a hot dog topped with three condiments representing the Italian flag. Gotcha. Well, that makes it easier. So I'm thinking hot dog, we're going ketchup. Yep. We're, we're going relish. I'll take relish. Avocado is actually what they use, but it's like an avocado paste relish thing. So, Wow. I do not mix avocados and ketchup in my personal life, Drew. I can guarantee you that. Well, <laughs> you're not being very Italian. I mean, if you're today. talking tomato and avocado. It is. That, it's to- it is. It's tomato and avocado. Oh, okay. All right. Tomato and avocado. But I, but I have to, since I phrased it ketchup, I have to take I mean, do I dare say this? Because I think I might vomit. But the only white condiment <laughs> that's jumping out to me is mayonnaise. It's yeah, correct. I have never <laughs> eaten a hot dog in Chile. I it is a warning to everyone out there. It's like tomato. Oh, that might be interesting. Avocado. Hmm. All right. Mayonnaise. Is there, is there three things less Italian than mayonnaise, ketchup, and avocado. I thought the irony of this question was absolutely fantastic, Nick. <laughs> right. They should call that a California hot dog. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I just I know one thing in Italy, like a Chilean hot dog. I don't know what that's going to be, but that's they got to come up with something just as equally unrelated. <laughs> right to get back at them. Right. Yeah. Oh, this is a hot dog that we let bake in the sun for three days and cover it with maggots. We call <laughs> right. it a Chilean hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, Neither does Italian hot dog with avocado and mayonnaise. Imagine, can you imagine mixing those two? I've been in Italy a few times, Drew. I guarantee you the one thing I did not see the entire time I was there was mayonnaise. <laughs> not, not something on the menu. I don't think they know what that is. <laughs> it's not I, thought, I thought you would enjoy that, though. I thought that's a fun way to... Yeah, it is funny. It is funny. Insulting to oh, my sure. heritage. Sure. Buffalo. Well, I'm Chilean, so I, I felt like that was a real bond. You know, that's a uh, that, that's a heck of a crossover. All right, I got a tough one for you here, and this is just one of those things where if you know this, we could file this under like, why would you even know this? And I do ask this in reverse to the audience. Um, 
do you remember the Dunkin' Donuts commercials where it's like time to make the donuts? Yeah, Sam. Sam. Sam the Baker. No, it's not Sam the Baker. Yeah, that's what I called him. Right, but that's the question. The oh. question is, what was the name of the baker featured in the Dunkin' Donuts commercials? His, his name was definitely Sam. If, if, if you're right, I'm wrong, because I have different information. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Uh... I'm probably the one wrong, but I've been calling yeah, on yeah, that yeah. forever. Not, I mean, what's his? Well, oh, Fred the Baker. the Baker. What? Fred the Baker. Fred the Baker. You got it, Fred. How did you know that? Okay, you ready? So I got it. I got. I got the reason why I said Sam. This is so interesting because it's the, it's the way the commercials were uh, were phrased. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah, when you Google Sam the Baker, Sam Baker, an American folk musician, comes up from Austin, Texas. Okay, Fred the Baker. Hang on a second. You don't ever want to do this with dead air, but it's necessary. Well, I can tell you anything you want to know about Sam Baker, Austin, Texas, <laughs> his own folk musician. He went to Itasca High School. All right, let's He's see. He's got an album named Cotton Mercy. So this guy's know. name is Michael Vale, okay, who played Fred the Baker. Right. Um, What's Sam got to do with it? So, so listen. So, career. He was a longtime spokesman for Kraft Foods' Breakstone line of cottage cheese and sour cream products, for whom he portrayed long-suffering dairy owner Sam Breakstone. The focus yeah. of those commercials is Sam's dedication to quality, usually with Sam having a comedic eureka moment at the end of the Make a Better Product. So he played the character Sam in a different commercial ad before he played Fred the Baker for. Dunkin' Donuts. Almost an incredible commercial career to have multiple characters whose first names can be remembered 20 years after the... Uh, and somehow I confused them. Like, without ever, <laughs> like thinking about it, I was like, yeah, Sam the Baker. Sam, Sam the Baker. And I was like, nah. oh, no, 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 he was Fred, and but he was Sam to me because, I, I mean, he was Sam the Baker for, mo like, Kraft Foods. That was for, for, for five years the spokesman for Cottage Cheese. Eureka! Sam I just can't remember the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Him ever saying his name? Like, did he say, did it say Fred no, on his shirt? No, he just went time to make the donuts. But that's probably why I thought his name was Sam because in the other ones oh, he did say Sam. because yeah. it used to be like Sam's Clearly. dedication to quality. Sam never wants to leave the job. Go look it up. Like I remember those ads. Now they're just they're they're blending together. But uh, that's crazy. There's so much garbage in my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the fact yeah. that that's somewhere in there. I proved it. <laughs> You're right. Proved it. <laughs> that's mark it down. Episode one seventy seven is the moment you realize like there's sh shit I should have forgotten a long time ago that's still floating in there. Um, Nick, if you get this within two in either direction, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. How many movies has Arnold Schwarzenegger said the iconic phrase "I'll be back"? Well. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. Because what what ended up happening was, I think it started to become something that he just started doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'll say ten. You got it. Eleven. Yes. yes. 
Nick yes. is on it. Yeah, I just I noticed there was a stretch where every time he was in a movie, he started saying it. So right. I just eleven movies. Yes. <laughs> I mean that's overdoing it, dude. It's not yes. that it's we're good. We got it. Yes. We got it. Like how did we got it? How did he work? I'll be back into that. Uh, you know. We we understand. He, he found a way. Yes. All right. Uh, you want to throw GN, general knowledge one more time, or go to sports? Fine. Yeah, I got a general knowledge one that Let's I came do it. across for you. Um, so this one, I don't expect you to know this. I didn't know it, but this falls in the category, like you were saying before, where it's talked out and you kind of took a wild guess. I think you might be able to come to this answer. Uh, surprisingly, I haven't really been to many beer festivals. It's not my thing, but, uh, even though I love beer, but this is a, I thought an interesting factor. So what food item do people often wear around their necks at beer festivals? What now, food item? Yeah, so I mean, like I said, Oktoberfest. Hey, bub, we're going to a, we're going but, to Oktoberfest. We're going to wear a piece it. of beef jerky around our necks, bub. <laughs> I got this turkey leg. Got this turkey leg dangling neck. around my neck, bub. I'm just gonna gnaw at it all day. It somewhere where people got turkey legs around their necks. Lest <laughs> anybody be confused, that is a Richard Christie impression. <laughs> Not a good one, but it is. Uh, might even yeah, be so his, his dad. I wasn't aware of this either, Drew, but people wear this food item around their neck. And it, it serves a purpose. So it is not just a lime for show. What is it? A lime. No, it's not correct. I Well, you could tell how many beer fests old Drew gets to these I days. I mean, if you, if, you think, if you think of like German bratwurst snack. Bratwurst. Like you know that 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 um, German beer garden right next to a pretzel. Uh, yes, pretzel. Got it. <laughs> they okay. wear pretzels around their neck. Oh, uh, I want a neck pretzel. And, and the purpose is the starch in the pretzel helps to soak up the alcohol in your stomach, which so you can drink more, drink more alcohol, and it also clears your palate. Yeah, from beer to beer. Palate, so, I get this beer so when you beer. drink the one beer, Sinks you have pretzel. some pretzel. It's like, it's like uh, German ginger. Yeah. <laughs> the clear exactly, the palate. Exactly right. German ginger. German ginger is the pretzel. <laughs> so, tough one there, but uh, you know you can see you can see why it serves a purpose. All right, let's move on to sports. That was excellent, though. Great job, uh, Nick. What pop stars Super Bowl halftime performance was the first time in NFL history that the halftime show had higher ratings than the game? Wow. That's shocking. Crazy, right? That is absolutely shocking. Now, there was a stretch where the Super Bowl halftimes were awesome, where I could believe that that could happen. But when you say pop star... Pop star, this was the first time it happened. All right. I'm going to go way back and say Michael Jackson. You got it. Yes. Nailed it. Woo. Good Woo. stuff. That's my Michael Jackson impression. Hee <laughs> hee. That's mine. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, Bubbles. You tell me the athlete Bubbles, with put the that largest down. Put that down, Bubbles. That's history. my other one. The athlete with the largest contract in sports history? Yep. What athlete has the largest contract in sports history? Let's say Patrick Mahomes. You got it. 
Mahomey. Mahomey. Who the New York Jets could have had, except they drafted a guy who was good and then traded him three years later. Worth every penny, though. Quarterback, most important position in sports. And Biggest sport on the planet, even though it's only played in the, the thing I hope, though, that doesn't countries. happen is, because this is what ends up happening, is like, you have this all-time talent, Mahomes, and he gets this contract, right? And then you're going to see, like, the eighth, ninth, and best quarterback all pointing at his contract and saying, I want that contract. They're not going to get that, though. That's the high mark. Yeah, but... You got to be better be than him to get better than him. That's the high mark. Yeah, well... Dak is going to say, I want his contract minus 8%, because I'm 92% as good as him. Right, but then... So, good point, and now you're paying Dak $420 million. Would Correct. you be comfortable with that? No. Okay, me either. But I'm going to have to pay it to Sam Darnold if I want to keep him. He's got to show me he's going to be better than the 15th best quarterback. When's his contract up? I think we have two. This is year three, so we got two more years. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the possibility of having to wrap him up for a number like $350 million? No, we just drafted a guy last year, bro. Third round. He looks good in camp. Our backup's looking good in camp because Flacco's sitting on the bench. All right, let's uh, – uh, did you do sports? Did you ask me a sports question? I think it's yours. Yeah, I gave you the Patrick Mahomes question. Oh, yeah, the Mahomes. That's right, most ever. Okay, Nick, who was the first African-American head coach to win an NCAA men's basketball championship? You mean the guy that we killed last week by talking about him? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like three weeks ago, in fairness. but we... It seemed like it was fresh in the mind, though, when you Yeah, we, we did bring message. that up way too close to – it is unbelievable. Who would have? That was the first time in NCAA history that a black head coach won any title in any sport. Right? It's correct. John Thompson. John Thompson. All right. No, more I'm for his sorry, John. Skills than his basketball. <sighs> I knew John very well. I I interned at WTEM Radio. As those of you who remember me speaking about it no and uh he was a host on the show and i met him many 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 times and he was one of the sweetest nicest most polite straightforward guys you could ever meet but my god did it put you to sleep on the air because the <laughs> he uh his voice he is the so under the baritone of uh I, there's literally not one person has a bad thing to say nice. it was guy. the nicest guy you could ever meet and he was polite ever. to every single person in the but, entire uh, staff he always had the same demeanor he never was grouchy he was always polite he was i was like 14 year old intern there for the summer and he was nice to me you know what i'm saying like who who's that and you know i sat next to him on a plane once right i got that story out with matumbo and morning uh, and him, and then when he later worked at WTEM, I told him about that story, and he told me he remembered that. I don't know if he did, but he said he remembered. So um, My favorite, I mean, obviously, it's sad the guy passed away, but I did enjoy when he was being showered with praise by everyone, and then the people who are in the broadcasting business also bringing up his broadcasting career and knowing for sure that they never actually listened to the show. No chance. Well, he was great on like CBS and like stuff like that in short bites because he's got that great voice and you could go to him for 10 seconds of analysis. But for three hours of a daily talk show with a, with a co-host who was like wired. The problem was they also like they matched him up with like guys that were wired like they shot out of a cannon. So the dichotomy of a guy speaking this fast and whatever. And then, well, you know, I think and it just it. 
slow the pace down, and it wasn't the right format for the guy. He's great. He was great in short doses, but an amazing human being. And um, yeah, that's an amazing statistic there as far I, as him I being the first. That. Yep, I could not believe it. So what year was that? Nineteen eighty-four. Eighty-four, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yep. What do you got for me, sports? I got one more for you. It's just 20, a fun one. Twenty pointer. Fun. Two answers, ten points for each correct answer. What two positions did Ernie Banks play during his Major League Baseball career? Ten points each. What two positions did Ernie Banks play during his Major League career? Shortstop and center field. You get ten points for shortstop. Second base. Do you know he actually Third played base? shortstop less than this other position? And first base? When you, when you, first base. Yeah, they moved him over there. I forgot about that. I thought they moved but him to center. I don't remember. He, he had a longer career at first base. I named than every position, shortstop. so it's like, you know, the only ones I didn't get out there was catcher. He wasn't the pitcher. Right. He wasn't the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> well, I got my ten points. At least I knew he was a shortstop to begin with. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he he moved to first base and was there for a sizable portion of his. Career. I always thought of him more as a shortstop, but he was played more games at first base than at shortstop. That is interesting stuff. All right, let's move to. Or I'll give you my last sports one. Just fun, so it's just you know you, you'll get it. But I, I just like nostalgia. Don't you love nostalgia, Nick? Um, by the way, I saw I a picture of the actress that plays this character and nostalgia. All right, who is Vicky Valencourt's football playing boyfriend? Who is Vicky Valencourt's football playing boyfriend? Is this a fictional character? Yes. Vicky Valencourt. Vicky Valencourt. I think you're overestimating uh, my knowledge of the character Vicky Valencourt. Um, I can give you a hint. You want a hint? Well, I, I don't know. Let me just work through this for a second here. Um, Vicky, 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 Vicky Vale, Vicky Vale, Vicky, Vicky Vale, that, the Bat Dan song, Betty and Veronica, I'm Vicky from, Vale from Archie Comics, but that's Betty and Veronica, um, Vicky Valencourt's football playing boyfriend. Jeez, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything. Whose mother call- does not like her. Mama don't like Vicky Valancourt, Nick. All right. All right. So. <laughs> He's there. Is He's it there. Boucher? It is Bobby Boucher. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I needed the clue. I needed the clue. Yes. Yes. Mama don't like Vicky Valancourt, who is her football playing boyfriend. Bobby Boucher. Bobby. Mama. Mama. I love Vicky Valancourt. Yeah, if you want to go look up uh, what Vicky Valancourt looks like these days. I should probably rewatch that movie at some point. Uh, it's good. Henry Winkler. I, I think I've only seen it once. Yeah, you know, I, I like his movies. They just they, they bring me to a time when I don't care about what I'm seeing. It just wastes 90 minutes and I'm happy. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I liked like four or five of his in a row and then was just so turned off that it's hard for me to get back in. I did like Uncut Gems, though, this year. I, I like what he does the series. I love that movie, Punch Drunk Love. You ever seen that? Yes. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I had one more great sports question I should ask you instead of Bobby Boucher. But give you one if you want to. We could stick in sports for a little bit. It's fine. All I got right. one for you. All right, I got one more. It's just like 
epic. Okay. Uh, can you name the last relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award? Last relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. <laughs> Mariano Rivera? It's not correct. I thought you might remember this. I vaguely do. God. Um, he was he a lefty? Like ins- he can nah, he he can he converted an insane amount in a row. Was it Eric Gagne? Yeah, that's it. Oh my god. Former Steroid Brewer Eric. closer too. Yeah, he's Canadian. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. But Gagne makes sense. Yep, yep. Yep. Um all right, so this is really relevant to both he of us. He converted 84 consecutive save opportunities. I can't get 84 saves in uh, from the Mets closers in like four seasons. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you something else. Like 84 in a row, every one of those was a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I've never seen a man do it like he did it. He did 84 in a row, but there were a lot of not easy days in that mix. It wasn't like Mariano Rivera when he just no. saws your bat in half nine times and then you go back to the dugout. No, he made you sweat. He was a yeah. make you sweater. Um, Nick, who is the first ba- uh, African-American player ever to win the Heisman Trophy and was the first African-American player to be drafted number one overall in the NFL but never played a single down of football professionally? I think one of the most unknown stories in football, and I, I can't believe I almost didn't get to this because when I was doing the, the Thompson research, this also popped up as far as, you know, accolades. And I was like, wow, that, how did I not know any of that? Um, and it's relevant to us personally. So that's your hint. Yeah. So before I started um, in on this question, my, my mind was all over the place. And then I was going to actually say, did he go to Syracuse? Yes. Yeah, so that's Ernie Davis. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that he was the first uh, African-American to, what, you said win the Heisman? And be and, number one and, overall pick. And be drafted number one overall. Yep. They did a heck of a story about him uh, for film, right? What was that? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. What was that called? The Ernie Davis story. story. It was, yeah, it was, it was appropriate, like, no, appropriately titled. It was titled. called like something train or hmm. was it called like did it have a name or something? Uh, uh, I, I'm picturing it called like the train, but I, it's not right. What was his nickname? I don't know. Right, you got to look it up at this point, Drew. Uh, we'll get I'm to just, it. I'm babbling. <laughs> we'll we'll find it. So let's move on geography history. What do you got for me? Hold on, I can't I can't get my head until I get the name of this movie. It's driving me crazy. The Express. The Express. There you go. There you go. That was his nickname, The Express. Ernie Davis. Uh, all right. So we're moving on to the geography history. Yep. Can you name the largest room in the Palace of Versailles? I cannot. The Chamber of Mirrors. Oh, you're so close. The Chamber of Horrors. 
<laughs> you had the mirrors part right. The Hall of Mirrors? You got it. The Hall of Mirrors. Oh, okay. There you go. I like the Chamber of Horrors way better. Your first answer was just like, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even give it a thought, and then I was like, wait a minute. I have something in there that's related to the Palace of Versailles that's associated. It's something about mirrors. You see, I've never been there. I think once you go there, it's like it stays with it's, you forever. It's a big room. <laughs> I would imagine. I've seen pictures of it. It looks very large. It is huge. I assume there's mirrors there. Anybody have a mirror? Can I check something? Very beautiful, though, the Palace of Versailles. That works. Definitely recommend it if you... All right, well, this is the opposite yourself. of that question. Um, Nick, who was America's heaviest president ever? I'm going to say William Taft. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Famous fat guys in history. So to a couple of great William, William Taft Howard things. Taft. First of all, do you care to guess the size of William Howard Taft? I'm going to say he hit over 300 pounds. Am I right? Yes, he was three bills. He was more than. Three I'm gonna bills. say he was less than 400 pounds. He though, was less so. than 400 pounds. Yeah. All right. If I had to pinpoint his weight, I'll give him 325. Three a forty. Three forty. All right. All right. So he was also good size back then. Because remember, dude, they didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have genetically modified uh, products. Like to get to 340, you're pretty much just like hammering meat and potatoes. Right? I don't know how this dude did it, but he was a big man. I mean, they had to make multiple different concessions in the White House to support him physically, like yeah. the bathroom and all this other stuff. So, uh, But the best is he was also the subject of the first ever celebrity weight loss uh, competition. So when he left office, he got uh, paid by some group to like lose weight on a diet, and he dropped like 80 pounds. Wow. Wow. Not crazy. Was the diet to stop eating everything in the house? It was the Mediterranean diet, turns out. No way. Yeah. It was basically just a diet really heavy in vegetables. Talking about 1800s. Jeez. They had the Mediterranean diet back then? I mean, I never heard of anybody going on a diet until like the 80s. I didn't realize that diets were even a thing. I thought diets were something that like got made up so that they could sell like health and fitness uh, support. Books and stuff like I, I didn't even think never occurred to me that the Mediterranean diet has been around since the 1800s. <laughs> it's still the best diet. Like if you look up what is the number one diet annually, it's either the Mediterranean diet or some variation that they're using of that diet. So it has stand the st- stood the test of time. Unlike uh, what Atkins or, or whatever who right. Is uh, no longer around. To, yep, to I know. His, uh, uh, my cousin took over his practice. <laughs> He's a doctor uh, that worked with Doctor Atkins for oh, many, really? many years. Yeah, yeah, it's, that is correct. Um, I don't want to give away his name. Were they cardiologists? Is he a cardiologist? What was Atkins? Was he? A, is he? A, was he a health specialist? Or did I don't he, know he, what his speci- he had multiple um, specialties, but I don't know what his primary. Gotcha was um all right uh your turn or my turn your turn i can go one more in so geography i asked you about you fat taft you've been uh doing well in european uh geography because of your love for soccer I so let me see soccer. if you know this one nato mm-hmm. is headquartered in what european city brussels 
Brussels. You got it. Easily done. Um, yeah, I just Not knew to that. Dig deeper to get that you was, there. That wasn't a soccer one. Not the, I just knew that. Um, let's see. I was trying see that's to... interesting. I, I think most people do not know that NATO is headquartered in Brussels. If you think of what NATO is, I mean, it's our. You would think it'd be headquartered in, sort of a. Wouldn't you give it to like London, Paris? I mean, it's the treaty between the North Atlantic and Europe. A pretty, pretty big organization. Nothing against Brussels. I just. When I think of the top European capitals, it's not the, not in the first five. I, I totally, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've never been like, you know where I got to go? Well, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Brussels? Sprouts. Okay. <laughs> I was giving it to Jean-Claude Van Damme. That and the muscles from Brussels. Right. I was, yeah. I'm thinking of Brussels sprouts and Jean-Claude Van Damme eating them. Um, all right. So uh, I'll, I'll go with this one. If we want to do a third geography history, I'll ask you the other one since I already did a presidential uh, question. Um, I kind of almost want to ask you this in reverse. So, uh, you know, the two most famous books in Greek literature history, correct? Are they both written by Homer? Allegedly. I mean, really, they weren't because it was uh, an oral tale that was told for like a hundred years before they were transcribed by Homer, who was like the first bard to write them down. But yes. So the uh, the Odyssey and the Iliad. Yes. And do you know the difference between them at all? Do you know anything about either of them? Yeah. I want to say the Iliad was about the Trojan War. 100%. And I want to say that the Odyssey is about a trip home Correct. from war. So do you okay. know whose trip home from war it was? I do. I wish it was multiple choice. Because the book the is named of... after him. Yeah, Odysseus. Correct. <laughs> it is the Odyssey for the reason of... Oedipus is the one that... Killed his... Uh, had the issue with his dad. Dad and yes. married his mother. Bad, yes. bad times. Okay, um, so... Okay, Od- so, so Odysseus, Odysseus was the king of what island? There is a clue if you want it. I guess I could take a guess first, and then if I get it wrong, give me the clue. How's that? Okay. My first guess will be Crete. No, that's a decent guess. With a university and a town in upstate New York named after it. Ithaca. You got it. I should have known that. Yep. I There was a point in time in college studying this stuff that I did know that he was from Ithaca. I just I, I forgot it. Yeah, it's an amazing story. So basically what happened was he was trying to make it home from the Trojan War, as all of these different people were. And Ithaca is an island that was all the way far west in Greece. So it was a really long way away from where that war happened. And basically he got kidnapped by a uh, a nymph, uh, a goddess on an, on an island who wanted to keep him as a sex slave for seven years. So his wife in the meantime, Penelope, uh, where you get the name Penelope from, uh, wasn't sure what she should do. Should she remarry uh, or should, uh, you know, because her husband was the king, or should she, you know, um, wait till he comes back? And she kept getting reports that he was coming back and everybody said he wasn't dead and he made it out of the war. But he was the second best soldier in the Trojan War, Odysseus. So uh, you know who the first was? Achilles. Was number one Achilles? Correct. Yeah. And they even had it out. They had like a, a spat. At, at in the Iliad, like Odysseus is a character in the Iliad as well. 
Um, so really, really interesting stuff. But like, you know, there, there's so much fascinating um, information about the Odyssey and the Iliad. And like, one of the things that they talk about constantly is guest rights. That's a big theme throughout that. So like, you know, like never betray a guest. Like always bringing somebody into your home. One of the things that was a common custom is you were not allowed to ask a guest who they were until after you got them settled, fed, and clothed, and their basic needs were kept. That was like a law of the gods. Um, and, so if and I was, show up to your house, you feed me, you clean me, you make sure I'm all settled, and then you ask who I am. Correct. Hmm. Correct. Because the thought is, if you don't like who the person is, you would re- refuse them that courtesy. And it was a great, great disrespect to the gods if you went against this well, there's premise. definitely. I'm trying to think of what franchise there is, but there's definitely. I've seen the thing where you never like murder a guest in your home or something like that. You never. Yeah, guest rights. I mean, that's been a rights, thing yeah. since since the Iliad and, and the Odyssey. Is that from Game of Thrones or where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ga- Game of from? Thrones highlighted it uh, a story in history about the Red Wedding. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where that's where they they got it. But it all is based on these stories from the Iliad and. and uh, the Odyssey, and uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of really interesting. The term mentor comes from the Odyssey, right? So mentor, uh, Odysseus's son had a guy that started to watch after him when Odysseus was out to sea. And that guy's name was Mentor. It's a tough read, though. I mean, I got to be honest. I, I, I've tried to read them. I don't read. I listen. I have amazing lecture series about them, and those <laughs> right, are right. those are good. They're, they're so hard to read. They just don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an easy read. Sense. There's it's no question. Tough, tough read. All right, let's move on. Entertainment. What do you say? Sounds good. All right, I got my one true false of the game, Nick. My one oh, chance. Oh, made to... it all the way to entertainment. Yep. My, my one shot to get you. You ready? All right. True or false, Nick? Post Malone's real last name is Malone. True. False. Ah. It's Post. Ah. <laughs> he is Austin Post. Austin Post. Yep. Post Malone. You know how I got the name Post Malone? This is the best. When he was 14 years old, he put his uh, name, his real name, in a rap generator program, which I don't know if you remember, but I remember when that came out. And uh, You got your like rap name, and it came back with Post Malone. So he took it. But he's Austin Post. Guess where he is from, bringing this full circle, where he was born and raised. If you want to know what created Post Malone, also relevant to you and I. Philadelphia. Syracuse, New York. Wow, how about it? When he was nine, his dad got the job running concessions for the Dallas Cowboys, so he moved to Dallas. But, okay. But he spent from one to nine in, in uh, Syracuse, New York. Those were his kid years. We know where he grew up, and that makes a lot of sense when you look at the amount of tattoos on that man. All right, what do you got in entertainment? Uh, do you, they're rebooting uh, Batman once again. Of course they sure are. So this, uh, who's who is the new Batman? Why can't we get a black Batman, Nick? Idris Elba as Batman. Well, <laughs> will Idris Elba do it? <laughs> it's just—it's getting ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> He's up for every uh, you know, project. Is the first black guy to to do it? How do I not immediately know this? I feel like is Michael Keaton coming back? I wish. I this, feel like this guy's agent must be the greatest agent. I mean, he makes already gold look like a slap. Honestly, I don't remember. I, I don't know. 
I, I wish I could just say, like, I, I know I heard this. I don't remember this guy was in show business for the last decade. Well, and then, then it I'm gets definitely Batman. not going to know. It's unbelievable. All right. What do you got? He goes from, like, the Harry Potter franchise and then snags, like, the biggest role. Oh, that's right. It's, the, it's that creepy dude from uh, the vampire Twilight. movies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Robert, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I did know that. I did know that. Ugh. What has he been doing for 10 years? I think we did a Batman round where I stuck him in it when they made that announcement, too. Uh, but that's how forgettable he is. How does he get Batman? I, Bella, I'm just a lonely vampire out here on a mission. A mission of love. <laughs> All right. You got me. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's rough. All right, here's my last one for you, Nick. Who did a John McClane kill at the end of Die Hard 1? Uh, I'm sorry, you got to say that again. Who did John McClane kill at the end of Die Hard 1? Hans Gruber. You got it. All right. One of the Snake. all-time one of the all-time great. Yeah, well, you got a Harry Potter one in there, so I figured Snake will be, you know, uh, a good follow-up. There's a great meme that says uh thousands protest the police killing of a by of a man being thrown off the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> German Hans Gruber was thrown to his death by police brutality from the Nakatomi Tower. Too funny. It was. All right, that does it for episode 177 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Folks, for Nick, I'm Drew. We will see you next week. You have been listening to the Quizzo Trivial Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com. Don't worry, Paul Kelly will be back next week. Everyone needs a vacation.